This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free, 100% free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. It couldn't be easier. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris Trapasso here from CBSSports.com, and you are listening to the Prospect Podcast. Today is Monday, August 24th, episode four in season two, uh, and in episode three on Friday, I teased that this week at CBSSports.com was going to be all about the revealing of our individual big boards for the 2021 draft class. Turns out we're going to kind of spread out those big boards as we still have time before the college football season to kind of spread those out. But Ryan Wilson today on Monday, August 24th, will have a write-up on our consensus or our uh, combined top 100. And our mad scientist of an editor, RJ White, who's included in this top 100, has created a formula that's just all of our big boards together, and then he combines them for a consensus big board. It's just a better way to do it. So if someone is really high on a certain prospect or really low uh, compared to just the consensus, it doesn't really skew the rankings too much. So he will have that out today at CBSSports.com, and we'll have a write-up on some players that were higher on, some players that were lower on. Um, and then over the next couple of weeks, I believe mine is next week, I'll have a top probably 32, maybe top 50 out, and I will – write about the individuals that I am higher on, lower on, why I don't like a certain prospect as much as the consensus and why I really like someone more than the consensus. Uh, but before uh, I get to that, maybe later in the week or next week when it's actually out, I do want to talk about a theme that really um, resonated with me that I just was looking at my big board over the weekend when I was finalizing it and saying, wow, like I didn't think that I was going to be as high on this edge rusher class as I am. Uh, Gregory Rousseau was the headliner going into the offseason and heading into the 2020 season. He's already opted out uh, from Miami. He had 15 and a half sacks last year at six foot seven, 255, 260. Uh, has said that he's playing close to, or he was at closer to 270. Um, getting ready for the season before he decided to opt out. So he was the headliner, and I, I, Watched his film before I did the big board right after the 2020 draft. I was impressed by his get-off, by his explosiveness. I didn't see a lot of pass rushing moves and a fair amount of his sacks were covered sacks or just him being free inside on a stunt. Uh, so I had him inside my top 20. Uh, I, I actually liked a little bit 
I liked him a little bit more watching more film, but I was not expecting, outside of Carlos Basham, who was flirting with the 2020 draft, out of Wake Forest, 6'4", 275, uh, very bendy and explosive, just not super consistent on film. Those were really the two headliners. Then it was like, who else is there? Uh, and watching more of these edge rushers, and I won't get into the specific grades and where I have them placed right now. You have to wait until next week to see those um, where these players are. But I can talk about just each individual that I do have in the first round at the edge rusher group um, that I was really surprised about that, that really without or after Russo and after Carlos Basham, it was really like, what edge rusher group is it? Like, like what other edge rushers are there um, that are really going to move the needle? And then when I watched the film, I was pleasantly surprised at this class, especially at the top as a whole. I mean, it's a little early to say that it's a super deep class um, into the second, third, fourth round, but I really like the group at the top and I'm probably higher on the edge rusher class than a lot of other people. So I'm just going to kind of run through, I'll go from, I guess, generally from the uh, bottom where I have these players near the end of the first round up to uh, who I really, really like the most at this edge rusher class. Um, Quiddy Pay from Michigan really surprised me. First off, he's number one on Bruce Feldman's freak list that comes out every summer. It's one of my favorite articles of the entire year. Uh, and it, it's funny watching him. He's, he's number 19. So it kind of throws you off. You think you're looking at a cornerback. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't look too huge on film. Like he doesn't look like Gregory Rousseau who stands out, but then you see he's listed at six, four and two seventy five, two seventy seven on some size two seventy two. He's a big chiseled thick uh, defensive end. And so when you see the movements from him, if you don't look, if you didn't know that he's 6'4", 270, you would think he's a lot smaller because he is very good in sh- small areas. Short area quickness is through the roof. Uh, I, I don't, I have a lower grade on his handwork than some of these other players. I don't think he's completely stagnant with his hands. He uses a good swipe move. And I think a lot of these Michigan players, Josh Uchi was the same way. Uh, they really have two base moves. It's a, obviously a speed rush like everyone has. And I think, I don't know if they're coached. I'm, I'm kind of thinking that they might be because Uchi was the same way. Uh, just a crossover inside move. It's efficient. Uh, and if you win, you are right in the lap of the quarterback and you force him out of the pocket if you don't get a sack on him or hit him. Uh, so Pay really leans on that, that inside move. Um, occasionally you see him win with a swipe move, like I said, to the outside, um, and his bull rush is there already. I, I'm going to say even from watching his 2019 film, and, and he would have had one more season, obviously, um, to get better with this, I, I think he's pretty close to being NFL strong right now. They used a lot of three-man fronts in that Michigan defense last year where he wasn't really able to just pin his ears back as an uh, edge rusher around the corner from like a wide technique. Um, but his bull rush is there. He's good at two-gapping. He dispatches blocks in the run game very well. I think he's actually a step ahead as a run defender than where he is as a pass rusher. Um, and the first couple of games I watched, I was really blown away, and I was like, why is this guy not being talked about as like a top 15 prospect? So my initial grade was actually really high, and as I watched more film, I realized there, there 
aren't a lot of pass rushing moves. I, I think he understands that he needs to use them to defeat blockers. Uh, but just as a junior, he just wasn't uh, very consistent or effective using his hands um, in terms of a pass rushing plan every time he was rushing the passer. Um, I, he's someone that I think you could classify as a prospect who was probably hurt by the Big Ten season not happening this year because if we saw just a few more moves or just more effectiveness on the two or three moves that he had, you would really, because of the athleticism, number one on the freaks list because of his agility. Uh, Bruce Feldman wrote in that article, and he's as plugged in as any college football reporter, uh, that Quiddy Pay was timed at 6.37 in the three-cone drill. And usually some of these numbers I'm sure that Feldman is getting from these programs are a little bit inflated, but if he runs somewhere in well below the seven-second threshold in the three-cone drill at 6'4", 270-plus, uh, with the strength that he has and the power that he plays with, I mean, that is elite-level bend. And there's times where Michigan allowed him to pin his ears back. He was in a four-man front. He was the wide uh, defensive end, and you saw that bend and explosiveness to the quarterback. I think he has a very large tackling radius that there's times where rushes upfield, sees that the quarterback is in front of him and can kind of just push the offensive lineman out of the way and then really explode and dive for the quarterback um, to get the sack or get the hit. He was outstanding against Iowa. Um, I thought he held up very well against Penn State. They really um, didn't run a lot of four-man fronts in that game. Um, Wisconsin, too, you know, there's a lot of run game when you played Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor over the last couple of years, really whenever you play Wisconsin. And I thought Quiddy Pay just holds up very well as a three-down defensive end. So I was surprised, didn't really uh, know a lot about him going into it. Uh, I, I do have a first-round grade on him, and he's a little different than what I normally like. That I'm, no, And as I continue with this episode, you'll see that I kind of have a type that I'm a bigger fan of the technically sound edge rushers that are great with their hands over the elite athletes, but I just have a feeling about him. He's just different that he's 6'4", 270 plus, number one on the freaks list. I think he's already better than Rashawn Gary was because um, I think he was really high. He may have even been number one on a freaks list in the past that Bruce Feldman came out with, but he just did not do it for me as a prospect. I think Pay understands he needs to use his hands a little more um, and I think he's just a better overall athlete than Rashawn Gary was, that Gary was a little thicker um, and ran fast in the 40, but the rest of his combine was not through the roof. Um, I think Quiddy Pay, especially if you're reading that Freaks article and you see Quiddy Pay at the top, you see that 6.37 time in the three cone, the, the uh, short shuttle, the vertical, all going to be very, very good scores according to Bruce Feldman, the sources that he has at Michigan. Um, so Quiddy Pay was a little bit surprising to me, or he was a lot surprising to me. First round edge rusher to me, a little bit different than what I normally like. I just think that he will have enough juice and just enough pass rushing plans to be a really good edge rusher, a three down player in the NFL. Be, of course, fascinated to see what he does at the combine. Uh, someone else that I'm really high on and looking around the internet and just listening to some podcasts, haven't heard a lot about him in terms of being a top prospect. Patrick Jones from Pittsburgh, six foot five, two hundred and sixty pounds, and talk about someone that knows how to use his hands, uh, his swim move, his swipe move, inside move, even his speed rush and his bend around the corner. I I think he's a first round prospect all the way, and really, at six five and two sixty, 
he's someone else that, which is why you always have to look at, at what these players are at least listed as. Um, he looks skinny on film. He looks like he could add another five to 15 pounds of his frame because he is six foot five. I think he plays with a high motor. Uh, he's not just a pass rushing specialist, which I'm even fine if, if you are at this point in the, uh, entering the NFL. Uh, but I think if he played at 265, 270 at six, five, um, another three down player. And I think he's more fundamentally sound as a pass rusher using his hands to just knock down the arms of offensive linemen, counter off them inside, outside. He was freed to just rush the passer more than Quiddy Pay was. Um, but Patrick Jones really impressed me. Uh, I believe he had 11 and a half sacks or 11 and a half tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks last season. Uh, and don't quote me on that. And, and I'm, I'm going to say, I believe, or I think for a lot of these stats, cause I looked at all of them. Um, so I don't have them all in my head right now specifically, but Patrick Jones was productive last year and I'm each year at Pittsburgh. He's gotten more productive. I think Pat Narduzzi does a great job um, just with that defense in general from his time at, at Michigan State, obviously, uh, that I I just think that Patrick Jones has the frame, the athleticism. I don't know if he's Gregory Rousseau. I don't even know if he's Quiddy Pay, of course. But I think he's a good athlete, and his handwork and his frame is of NFL caliber right now. So Patrick Jones, go watch his film. Uh, I was very impressed with him, what he did last year. And actually, Jalen Twyman, uh, the the defensive tackle um, is very impressive too in terms of his how he's a technician using his hands. Not as quite as explosive, um, but the, on that Pittsburgh defensive line, they have two NFL caliber uh, players in terms of the fundamentals of defeating blockers with quick and powerful hands. I don't think uh, there's a ton of pop in Patrick Jones' uh, game, and I didn't see a ton of bull rush. Uh, ability, but he's someone that could playing in the ACC um, could grow, and if he shows more power, if he's a little bigger, uh, he could really skyrocket up draft boards. I was very impressed with his film. Uh, I talked about Carlos Bastian before. I'll just be brief on him. Uh, I, I mean, there's kind of a theme here: six four, two seventy, two seventy five, and his ability to bend makes it look like he's about six two. 235 on film that there's times where he gets to that what I call the pass rushing apex the top of the rush for an edge rusher and is he getting pushed past the quarterback or can he flatten and bend and turn the corner and Carlos Basham can definitely turn the corner and there's some reps on film where he shows a lot of power I think he's a good run defender you just really cannot move him at 275 pounds Um, there's just times where he shows no pass rushing plans. There's times where he, in, in games and quarters and series, that he looks like J.J. Watt on film, where he just is not complacent whatsoever with his hands. You Just offensive linemen cannot stay glued to him. Uh, awesome swim move, swipe move, rip move, arm over, whatever you want to ask of an edge rusher, he has that. And then there's times where he just gets stagnant. I don't know if his conditioning wasn't there last year. But he plays with a lot of energy. So uh, Carlos Basham is someone, again, playing in the ACC. They're set to play at this point. Um, Definitely worth watching this fall because he has not even just first-round ability, but I think he has top 20, top maybe even half of the first-round ability at his size and how powerful he already is. Um, Talked about Gregory Rousseau. I I think his film is good. I have him uh, in the first round, squarely in the first round. 
but he's raw. I mean, he was only a redshirt freshman last season. Uh, he played wide receiver in high school. Uh, so I think that the sky's the limit for him, and that's really going to be the book uh, in terms of what everyone, how everyone views him. That with the explosiveness uh, at six foot seven and maybe two seventy or more, he could probably add another five to ten pounds to that. Uh, and how fluid he is in his hips on stunts. Um, that's what teams are going to want to see uh, from someone that they're picking that high in the draft. Gregory Russo certainly has that. I don't think you necessarily see the 15 and a half sacks and go, wow, like this guy must have been beating offensive tackles one-on-one the entire season. I don't think that was the case. Um, and not terrible with his hands, but he was only a redshirt freshman. I mean, look at the film of anyone as a redshirt freshman outside of maybe Nick Bosa, and you're not going to see a lot of uh, – pass rushing plans initially, but I think Gregory Rousseau, really the sky's the limit for him. He's going to be another one. Fascinating to watch at the Combine. We're not going to get him in the ACC this year. He already opted out. Um, but, I mean, just what his wingspan is going to be, how tall he's going to be, what he's going to weigh in at, and then how agile he is in the three-cone and the short shuttle. Um, two other players, and I'll start with his teammate, Quincy Roche, uh, I believe is still set to play for Miami this season in the ACC, um, transferred from Temple, kind of reminds me of Patrick Jones in that um, he's very good with his hands. He just understands, okay, if the offensive lineman oversets and is trying to guard against my speed rush, I can spin to the inside, I can swim to the inside, swipe. He has the full pass rushing arsenal. Um, I don't even really care that he's a little smaller. He's listed at like 6'4", 235, 240. Um, I think the NFL on defense for most positions, it's transitioning to smaller, faster, quicker players um, that we're not just going to say, oh, Aaron Donald is not undersized at 6'2", 285, 290, but then still want these 270, 280-pound edge rushers. I mean, Quiddy Pay, Gregory Rousseau, um, Carlos Bashman, they are bigger. I think it, it's fine when you have that size, but I'm not going to totally – um, downgrade someone if they're only 234, 240, uh, or 235, 240, 245. Um, because if you're a pass rushing specialist, if you can kind of sink into coverage a little bit, um, and you can win quickly with a variety of moves and you're agile and you're explosive, um, then that's fine. That's what it, the last thing that I said there is that my only concern with Roche is that I don't think, and I don't know if it's Roche or Roche, um, Again, watching film, I don't usually have the actual uh, broadcast on, but I I think that um, he's not a crazy athlete. I don't see someone that is going to really threaten NFL offensive tackles with his sustained speed around the corner, with the speed at which he can win it with an inside move. I don't think he's stiff. I don't think he's a terrible athlete. But if you are a little bit smaller, you better be a good athlete um, so you can just win with that speed rush where you dip and bend around the corner. I don't know if Roche has that. And I believe it's Roche now that I'm saying that. I'm pretty sure it's Roche. Um, so that's why I have him in the first round because I think his toolbox is a first-round caliber. Um, but I just don't know if Roche is someone that teams are going to say, okay, yeah, you have to worry about him around the corner or he's – ultra quick. I don't really see that with him. Um, and the last player who actually I have the highest edge rusher grade on right now, Duke edge rusher linebacker, Chris Rumpf. Watching his film was incredible in 2019. And it was weird because Duke didn't really 
play him a ton. I didn't, there was games where I watched him like, where's 96? Where is he? And then he would come on the field and a fair amount of times they would like stand him up as a linebacker and then just like right before the snap, let him stand up uh, in one of the gaps. It really didn't matter whether it was on the outside or or whether it was uh, against a guard or even a center and just gave him a full head of steam. Like not that he was rushing from five yards and just like blitzing, but was just standing up, got like one step into the neutral zone um, after the snap. And then it seemed like every rep I saw from him, he was winning and lightning quick hands, name a pass rushing move. He not only has it in his arsenal, um, but he's lightning quick with it. There's power to it and he can get really skinny as a penetrator through the gap. So it was the maybe the best, probably the best pass rushing move arsenal that I'm trying to think. I mean, Nick and Joey Bosa were up there, of course, um, that I've seen during my time grading NFL draft prospects. Like Quincy Roche, Chris Rumpf is smaller. He's like 6'3", 6'4", was listed in the 230s last year, I believe, also was 235. Um, he could add... 15 or 20 pounds to his frame um, just by adding muscle. His dad um, is, an, I believe, a, either a linebacker's coach or a D-line coach. He was at the college ranks. Now he's in the NFL. And you can tell that he had coached up his son, Chris, since he was probably five years old because the pass rushing move arsenal is of NFL caliber right now. And I think he's a better athlete than Quincy Roche. I, I saw the agility, the first step quickness, and the ability to sustain speed through the line of scrimmage, um, and for being smaller, I mean, I guess the ACC, is a, a, it's, it's a pretty good uh, litmus test for the size that you're going to see at, at the NFL level. I mean, probably the SEC, in terms of in the trenches, probably gives you the best test, but the ACC's up there. I didn't really see him getting bullied in the run game either because offensive linemen just could not block him. They could not lock onto him and move him. I think if they could, um, you know, some of these 300-plus pound offensive linemen, most of them, could push a 230, 40-pound linebacker off the screen, but Rumpf just cannot be touched. You just cannot get to him because he's so quick, so good with his hands. And I think he's a player, and I, I brought up Aaron Donald earlier, that it, this season playing in the ACC, especially if he comes in and he's 240, 245, maybe even 250, if he's near 250, anywhere near 250, that will be fantastic. We will start to say, like, man, this guy's undersized. He's small. You'll hear that a lot, like we did with Aaron Donald uh, back in 2012 and 2013 at Pittsburgh. But he was just winning with first-step quickness and an elite pass-rushing toolbox. And a bunch of teams in the top 10 passed on Aaron Donald, and he should have been the first pick in that draft. So I think Chris Rumpf will be seen in a similar light that – Man, look at how productive he was. Uh, look at how he has a better pass rushing move arsenal than most NFL defensive linemen. Um, but oh, he's too small. He's a second rounder. He's a third rounder. No, the NFL is transitioning uh, to 240, 240 pound, or 240 or 245 pound outside linebackers who can just get after the passer. And I think I even like the fact that Chris Rumpf has dealt with those bigger, squattier guards in the ACC and just 
completely dismantled them last season. So I'm very excited to watch him. Um, I was fine, again, being someone that likes the technicians in general over just the freaky athletes that don't really know what they're doing from a fundamental standpoint or can't just deploy their hands very well. Um, so that's why I probably had such a higher grade on him. But yeah, there's certainly Quiddy Pay, there's Carlos Basham, Gregory Rousseau that are these freaks that, that look like the prototypes. But I ultimately went and just saw by grading him that Rumpf was my highest graded because I placed a biggest emphasis, a huge emphasis on the ability to use your hands and win at the point of attack against a really tall and long offensive tackle or a short and squatty guard or center. And Rumpf can certainly do that. I want to see him get a bigger uh, snap count this year, not play 300, 400 snaps, maybe play 600. Um, and maybe more traditional edge rusher duties where he's not standing up as a kind of a move linebacker. But hey, that could also be the future in the NFL that if you have someone like Rumpf, play him at technically linebacker, move him around on every play to just get a different matchup uh, across the defensive line and just let him win with first step quickness, pretty long uh, for being, you know, 6'3", 6'4". I think he's listed at 6'4", and just insane pass rushing moves. So Chris Rump from Duke, uh, watch his film. I have a first-round grade on him. I really like Quiddy Pay. I like Carlos Basham. Uh, Patrick Jones from Pittsburgh as well. Then you have Gregory Russo uh, as well in there. But I really like this edge rusher group um, a lot more than I thought. And some of these players we won't see. A few we will from the ACC um, that I've talked about. I'm very intrigued by this edge rusher group. More intrigued than I thought I was going to be. All right, that will do it today. I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you for listening to the Prospect Podcast.